0: asked the age-old question, why do people like anime? Welcome back to Why Do People Like Anime? I'm Julie.
1: I'm John. Today we
0: have a special guest. Don't jump in too early, David. Sorry. Listen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. You're a a guest.
0: Yeah.
2: All right. David's like, I've joined- I will sit in silence until I'm called upon. (laughs) He's like,
0: I've joined the podcast. (laughs) And I am David. (laughs) Uh, Today we have my brother on the podcast- Welcome, David.
1: Hello, everyone. And uh hey. Dave, just just give like uh you know, like the quick elevator pitch on who you are as a so, person. So my name's David. I'm from upstate New York. I have You're not, from
0: there.
2: Well, I'm I'm from there now. Ooh. I've been living there for the past six years and I know very little anime, so I hope that I can I don't know, kind of bring a fresh perspective to this a little bit. But I'm a a fan of the pod, for sure.
0: John's been. John's uh, not John. David's been a fan of the, the pod. Uh, he's been listening, but not watching, which I find very interesting.
2: I'm not watching. Which There's ones a video have you to watched?
0: This? No, the you. Oh, the watch animes. The anime. Come on, keep up.
1: I can't. <laughs> no, well. I mean I, I I appreciate that more than. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's I think that's cool. Like,
0: have you watched any of the anime that we've talked about?
1: Um, I've seen Attack on Titan. Okay. Yeah.
2: I have not seen most of the others, mainly because I must confess I do not have a Netflix subscription, <laughs> which I know is your yeah. main source of mining anime material at it's the just, current moment. I, tr- I try well, to Julie's keep it accessible.
0: Source. I mean, we watch some Crunchyroll stuff, we watch some Funimation stuff, but that seems that seems less accessible. Like to me, most people have a Netflix account.
1: You have to, but I, apparently not. I feel like um, if you're subscribed to. Crunchyroll or or a Funimation, you are actively admitting that you're an anime fan. There's yeah. no, there's no like, yeah, I like watching anime when it's on and and right. spending ten dollars a month or whatever on Crunchyroll. Right. <laughs> I I may be
2: converted by the end of this episode to subscribe to both Netflix and Crunchyroll, but I I thus far have not uh have not jumping into the deep end yet. Right, yeah. so
0: what what do you do, David?
2: <laughs> I'm a PhD student at Cornell, and I'm in the middle of writing my dissertation on 18th century German literature and things like that, so, so d- Dave... Google me if you're interested. And Yeah. yeah.
1: Google him. David Google me. Dunham. Google me cool right guy. now. Cool yeah. guy. David Dunham, PhD.
0: Yeah, it's important to get a visual. Dot com. <laughs> PhD, Cornell. So David's what we like to call a smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> We so want... we watched a smart anime, and we're I... ready for his analysis.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I'm. I'm curious. So you've you've all seen this before at some point in the in the past.
1: Yeah. I, like, right? I feel like Julie's viewership of this is is murky.
0: Murky at best.
1: <laughs> because I feel like
0: I seem to recall watching it the whole thing. I don't because, know <laughs> because
1: last like I think we we tried watching before the podcast. I got the Blu-ray. Uh, the anime in question, by the way, is, is Fooly Cooly, F-L-C-L. Fooly, yeah. Fooly Cooly. fully Uh <laughs> I remember getting the Blu-ray, and I think we watched the first two episodes of it, and you were like, oh yeah, I never actually finished this. Oh, interesting. Then but time, then we
0: never finished time, it. We
1: never finished it. Time passed. On this rewatch, you were like, yeah, I watched all of it.
0: I thought I watched all of it. What I'm learning from doing this podcast is my memory is not great.
1: Julie's memory is like Slipping a- Slipping away box of swiss cheese yeah a box a
0: box of you That's know how you get how your cheese, you get your cheese. Well, a box well we can of get swiss into
1: this cheese. but i
2: mean i feel like a lot of these episodes i wonder how they could have been rearranged in a way where i i get mixed up which is like the second or fourth episode but i i understand the general arc of it and it's i think it's pretty interesting i mean i've a lot i have a lot of things to say about it but oh. it's like i i'm kind of curious about how this could all be like packed into six episodes and i know that you mentioned we talked about this before how there are actually other seasons of this show and we're looking at season one yeah. but this is like the core of the the story here the core of the the phenomenon
1: that is fully
0: when when did season two and three come out
2: i think
1: like like last year or the year before so okay.
0: and when did this come out 2000
1: one? 2000 or 2001 okay
2: oh, wow. so it's okay. A, it's a whole different beast
1: it's yeah, like it's, it's yeah.
0: like oh remember this show we made more of it. Well
1: basically Adult Swim went to I think I think now it's Studio IG. I don't know if it's Gainax anymore, but they went to them and they were like hey we want to make more FLCL, make it happen. And they mm-hmm. basically paid the the studio to make it primarily for the English audience but also for the the uh, Japanese audience.
0: Primarily for the English audience. Yeah. There's some obvious in season 1 is that you're talking about season one?
1: No, I'm talking about the, season the, the sequel seasons. In
0: season one, there's some like adult swim like animation style sort of jabs.
1: Well there's the there's the South Park
0: There's the obvious South Park joke joke. But there's yeah. also like Archer a little bit, I feel like and Well, I mean this
1: came this was way before Archer. But... Oh okay,
0: well whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything. <laughs> but South Park, obviously. Yeah. there's like a moment in that so it seems like there was some intent to like show it on adult swim
1: there Mm -hmm. was um well i would say that there was clear recognition i guess of like what adult animation means and i think it's Mm -hmm. one of the only things that references you know what little american adult animation there was at the time and Mm -hmm. you know i think obviously that kind of falls into like the the ren and stimpy and uh (laughs) you know south park kind of vibe
0: did you ever watch adult swim david
2: no, but I, I was Invader Zim on Adult Swim? No. Or, no. Okay, <laughs> no, no, I haven't seen it, but I'm I'm Heart familiar with a couple of the um things that made it into Adult Swim. Like um we talked about Million Dollar Extreme. Was that an Adult Swim? Yeah. yeah. That's that sort of thing. Yeah. 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 But
0: you didn't you weren't tuning in? I
2: didn't tune in, no.
0: What did you watch primarily as a, as a kid a teen or as a teen? Or a young young ch- child? Um I remember young we adult. were
2: <sighs> I follow this sort of thing, really religiously. Cartoon Network, above all else, when I was up until the end of middle school, probably at yeah. least. And because
0: Cartoon Network was the only kids' channel we had in when we lived in Italy.
2: Yeah, and also it had the most interesting stuff at like six in the morning on a Saturday. When yeah. you, you Why woke were you up, up early. At six in the morning? <laughs> I went through a period where I was waking up at like five AM on a Saturday morning <laughs> to see those very, very, very early cartoon shows. Oh, wow. I'm trying to remember the names of them even, but it was like these were these were three D animated shows. They're kind of mm-hmm. like Transformers and <sighs> I wish I could remember the name of it. I have to do some research to figure out what it was. But I'm I was very curious. I was, was I it? was there seeing the whole series of shows leading up to the main events of Saturday morning cartoons. Wow. Right? Was it Cartoon. Beast Wars? Maybe. Let me let me look it up real quick. Okay. Let's
0: see. But so, Fully cooly made in Japan, released on Adult Swim in the 2000s. Yep. Uh, six episodes, really compact. Uh, a lot of the creators. Of Evangelion,
1: yeah, same studio. I think a lot of the it doesn't seem like a direct kind of relation to Evangelion, but it's sort of it's sort of like the same kind of spirit or like yeah. s- the the remnants of like what was in the water. I feel like for Evangelion is sort of in this.
0: I feel like this was similarly a show that didn't know, or it's not that it didn't know, but a show that was like not defined by genre. And that's like yep. in the same, because it's like, is it a mech show? Is it a coming of age story? Right. And it's like, is it a comedy?
1: It's, I, I feel like what Gainax is good at is sort of doing like these amorphous, sort of like the this this all encompassing kind of genre thing.
0: Is it a parody? All
1: sort of in service of kind of telling, uh, I guess like, you know, it. I feel like Fully Coolly kind of boils down to like a really simple story. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, but they sort of use all these like different genre trappings to kind of explore it. What um, is the
0: simple story? Who's who's on it?
1: I'm, David. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make an argument here,
2: and maybe you oh. can you can accept it or reject it. That this is all a very proto-Freudian kind of story where it's all essentially a kind of fantasized displacement of this un unchecked sexual desire because. There's a lot of eroticism permeating through a lot of this story. I mean, don't you agree? Like, yeah. In the yeah. very beginning. I mean, like,
0: he gets a boner out of his forehead. So. All right. I was,
2: I'm glad that I'm not uh, the only person <laughs> who <laughs> noticed that. Yeah. I think it's, You're
0: like, this is about sex. And we're like, no, it's not. <laughs>
1: uh, what are you talking about? No, <laughs> talking? I, think That's <laughs> <laughs> I think it's- weird. That, yeah. I think it's 100% about that. I think it's 100% about this 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 uh you know this 13-year-old kind of coming to terms with you know his sexuality and sort of- you know, becoming a man and kind of mm-hmm. growing up and, and sort of starting to realize, you know, I mean, the whole premise is, is him. I mean, the, the show starts with him saying like, you know, nothing amazing ever happens in this city. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, you know, sort of more a reflection of his psyche and, and sort of as it goes on, I think as he starts to kind of meet these different characters and kind of put himself out there and sort of grow or or blossom sexually, right? Or sort of have different encounters with, like, these these women.
0: It's never overtly sexually. It's not like... I I wouldn't say that it's, like, they go as far to, like, showing it or whatever. Well, he
1: never... I mean, he never has... It's all implied. mm, He never has sex with anyone, obviously, but he he clearly uh, has some sort of romantic relationship mm. to very different degrees with, I think, the the three women in the in the show, that sort of show primarily.
0: Yeah, we got, uh, who's got the names? Here we go. So we there's got Haruko, Haruko. Haruko.
2: On the Vespa. On the Vespa. On the, Vespa.
0: Yeah. The,
1: the, the strange alien girl. Strange alien. There's Mamimi, who is his, uh, his brothers, older brother's ex-girlfriend, ex-girlfriend who's stuck around.
0: Who's hanging on to him. Mm. And
1: Nemo
2: Mori, right?
0: Nemo Mori,
1: who is Nina the uh,
2: rich kid girl, rich, rich girl. who is girl, lead of the school play, right? yeah. lead of the play. Yeah, so it's three, right? I yep. think so. We're, and, and unless uh, we're counting, no, I think that's it. Yeah, I yeah. think that's
0: it. But it's sort of like he's got this like weird tension relationship with the the his brother's girlfriend then that's like where it starts out like he doesn't really know why this girl is hanging on to him she's like obviously like flirting with him and hanging on him and when vespa girl shows up that's when like everything starts happening like to I me think- it's like sexuality but also like dealing with a uh, like dealing with like maturity and responsibility and like leveling that with like rebellion and like yeah. how much how much do you do of either because like there's a line there's this big iron right and that's this like mysterious monolith alien thing and there's like a line where it's like oh they're gonna smooth out the wrinkles on your brain or whatever and like make you mindless and yeah. stupid
2: mm-hmm. so the iron thing is like the um, it's if I remember right it's not the, an alien thing it's like a government secret center that's trying to monitor this alien is that it's,
0: right it's not super clear it's something but it's, I think it's it's, it's, it's an alien. Yeah.
1: There there are these structures there's well, like the biggest structure in like the town is it's this Medical Mechanica building, which is sort of you know, all throughout the show, it's this sort of mysterious building, and then sort of towards the you know, at the end of the show they show a bunch of different ones on you know, I guess they could be on Earth, but sort of different planets and, and showing that it's literally an iron mm-hmm. and the and the metaphor <laughs> kind of becomes real where it's you know this this thing that sort of it's
0: this leveling wipes,
1: out it wipes out all kind of you know
2: all difference right
0: yeah, yeah. exactly sort of um Making you uniformity into a smooth brain. quite literally yeah. smooth brain syndrome
2: yeah but i what i think is really interesting about this show is that from and this is coming from someone who doesn't watch anime regularly is that the very first scene is this you you before we even have any kind of establishment of characters we have this moment of conflict where we have this kid Taku and the girl Mori, right? Mm. Or right, the Mimimi. Mamimi. Yeah. Sorry. It's hard. Mamimi. Who are having a kind of a conversation and I, I forget if it was like there's there's this element of attraction here. And then immediately Haruko comes zooming in and hits him <laughs> right on the head. Right. And have a has like a mouth to mouth Uh, encounter as she's like kind of jokingly trying to revive him right Yeah. and (laughs) when I'm thinking back on this scene and like knowing understanding a little bit more about the plot it made me think about Haruko as this what I what I called like the moment of displacing sexual desire where this other girl is someone who is his older brother who is like a great baseball player unlike (laughs) himself who's like a really horrible baseball player he's gone off to America and his girlfriend is kind of stuck behind, and they're having this very anxious romantic encounter. That it, it seems to me like what, like what was happening from the very beginning is this moment of transgression. That where he's, that's where his sexual attraction is somehow being directed onto Haruko, is sort of like a, a fantasy figure as someone who is she's nineteen years old. She comes out of nowhere. She can do <laughs> almost anything, and or she can play an, almost any role. And she can get away with almost anything she wants. Like she has superpowers. So she's kinda like she's kinda like harassing him throughout the show. Yeah. (laughs) And he kind of acts as if he really hates her. Yeah. But we realize a little bit later on in the show that this is actually someone he really is attracted to because she can Mm -hmm. sort of transcend all of the norms in the in the society around him. Yeah, just
1: like the total opposite of everything you sort of, you know, around, I mean, as like a a, we 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 learn quickly, like a literal kind of alien. Yeah, you know, just just completely, yeah, yeah like on a on a on a, a psychological level, on a on a sexual level, just like completely, sort of
0: advanced mm-hmm. or something.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, but it's she's almost like a shapeshifter too. Like she she plays the role of a nurse, plays a role of like she's in the school. She's also comes in as a like a housekeeper yeah. for his family,
1: like a baseball player. Base,
2: she's a baseball player. Yeah, right. She follows him around everywhere, and he mm-hmm. really hates it. Right. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. at the same time, it's like she's the perfect um rebellious character for him, like yeah. especially since she's she's always going around on this vespo, which is this this vehicle of uh um mobility and independence, right
0: It makes me wonder like how much of this show is like meant to be like unwrapped and how much of it is meant to just be what it is like I wonder how much of it is like we just wanted to give her her weapon be a guitar. And, like, that's nothing. But the Vespa, the Vespa is a tool of mobility. Like, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like, how much of it you're supposed to read into. Sometimes I think that, like, the show feels like it adds a lot of stuff in there that seems random but actually means stuff. But then there is, like, some random stuff to, Mm -hmm. like, keep it fun and keep you on your toes.
1: I mean, I'm sure the the writer of this probably wasn't cognizant of everything but was at least sort of allowed sort of their unconsciousness to like kind of al- allow those things to sort of pop up and you know whatever you know it could, yeah it could just be mm-hmm. like you know this this vehicle is just so she can kind of get around or whatever mm-hmm. but you know in, if you examine it further it's like really like kind of like a a bigger kind of symbol or <laughs> yeah activator and
2: I'm, I'm not trying to say that it's everything is symbolic but i'm trying to think that it's very interesting that the creators latch on to this uh the, the Vespa and also the guitar as weapons, right? Yeah, and where she can she can get around everywhere she wants to go, and she also has the guitar as a kind of like a baseball bat too, but like a really powerful one mm-hmm. uh, that Taku then eventually has to wield, right? Yeah. and I think that there's a lot of things in here which you can kind of I'm trying to latch onto as how what kind of character she is for Taku, mm-hmm. and then what this kind of says about. The way things like romance and sexuality are presented in anime, and how maybe this one is uh kind of builds upon some of these tropes that you guys have talked about about you know the uh, female figures right like who are both kind of rebellious but in also ones that are more like shy and submissive right
0: yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because now I'm thinking about the three characters in anime tropes that we've yeah. talked about because the high school. The ex girlfriend is like the only one we ever get like upskirt shots of. Yeah. Like she's, she's kind of like the. And of course, our parents walked down right when there was like upskirt shots <laughs> yeah, happening. Like, was
1: that was that was like the most classic anime moment I think you could get. <laughs>
0: yeah, we're like downstairs in the basement watching anime, mom and dad, and it's like, oh, what is it about? And it's like, it's mechs a friendly kids and,
1: one. And <laughs> you, get, you get some weird, yeah.
0: It's like the weird spirituality scene where he like turns into the TV guy turns into an angel.
1: It was a very real moment.
0: And my mom was like, "What is this? Do we have to look up her skirt?" <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yes,
2: we do. It's part of the the trope.
0: But she's kind of the only one, and then there's uh, the other girl who kind of has a little bit of a tsundere thing going.
1: Uh, Nina Mori. Mm.
0: Yeah, a little bit, right? Yeah. And no, then I there's mean... this like anti trope girl Haruko. In Haruko, yeah.
1: Nina Mori, like I always, always found to be sort of like the most. I mean, they're all really interesting, but like I, I found her really sort of deeply kind of interesting. I think in the show because like I think her her character is all about just like these different kind of masks that she kind of mm-hmm. puts on as a person and sort of you know portrays like different people and you know the the same mask she tries to put on the same mask for different people but they mm. often don't work or someone's able to see through it mm. like you know so we get to this third episode and this this character Nina Mori she's having a lot of um her 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 dad's like the mayor or like
0: yeah he's some important figure in some scandal some sca- mm-hmm.
1: like uh, uh, an important enough figure that like her her father's sort of scandals make it to you know sort of tabloid newspapers and stuff mm-hmm. like that and she she plays it off like she doesn't care and she you know told like n- none of it bothers her and you know everyone sort of tells her how mature she is for her age and she sort of portrays herself to be kind of yeah, like I, slightly cynical, but like mostly just sort of nonplussed by everything. Mm-hmm. Her big sort of the, the big thing she's trying to do is is put on a a play at school of Puss and Boots. Yeah, and she gets um she gets Nauto to be the the lead in the role apart from her. Yeah, and it's it turns out that she
0: rigs the the voting.
1: And it turns out that she rigs the voting and and sort of, you know, this mask of like being like the the perfect school president or, you know, student council president or whatever is totally like not true or whatever. And it's like, you know, and and she kind of gives like this this sort of spiel how like, you know, if you if you tell a lie long enough, you know, maybe the people will believe it. And and that's sort of like Mm -hmm. what she does as a person is like, you know, sort of kind of create these little lies in her in her life and her personality and, and sort of lets them grow to be like real enough and that sort of applies both to like you know her parents and like you know pretending everything's okay and not really worrying about it and also you know i think it's also kind of implied a little bit like maybe having getting naoto to fall in love with her if if she if she lies that like you know this is something he wanted to do and something he cared about being this play with her and, mm-hmm. and falling into this role this character like maybe that'll happen as well
0: yeah it's it's so interesting because the show is six six episodes and there is I'm literally like, we're not gonna get to everything. Yeah.
1: yeah. There's
0: so much stuff, like we could talk about the characters and like their relationships and like all of that. We could talk about the sci fi and the mech stuff and the the brain wormhole created and and all of that. Or we could talk about like the government and yeah. it it's an interaction well, maybe with the aliens. O- one
2: general thing that I, I kind of got attention to which we can talk about is how i think several of these episodes there's a climax where one of the characters somehow transforms into this creature that has to be fought and in i think in the first case this is when the the robot Kanti was created so i think if i remember correctly in the first episode once uh taku is hit by the haruko and the vespa he gets this giant like lump on his forehead which he tries to hide which is kind of You know, we talk about how that's kind of a phallic symbol too, right? And then it ends up exploding into this creature which then kind of uh, they fight and then it shoots him out and it comes into the character uh, Conti who is a robot with a head of a television and is now sort of like a humble servant for... Yeah, uh, the family, right? It's like brought into the home, and it's become like a kind of humorous thing. So, right. and plays a plays an important role in the rest of the, the series. But then, there are also other moments like where Nino Mori also turns into something. That was her moment where she actually yeah. kind of bursts, like something bursts out of her. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember some of the details. It, it, was, was, very, like like, yeah. it was like a bug, yeah, a bug. Yeah, it was
1: like a it was like a weird spider thing. Yeah, where it's like, and I I think it's interesting because, uh, yeah, it's it's sort of. I mean, like, the, the in-show logic or whatever is, like, these, you know, these sort of, like, NO fields that sort of summon interdimensional objects through them, right? And I think, like, it's it's implied that Naoto Takun is, he has, like, a really powerful one, but they, they sort of, they kind of make the logic fuzzy in a cool way where it's, like, he kind of headbutts Nina Mori at some point where she has, where he has, like, the cat ears and then eventually it transfers to her and then she sort of... You know, then she sort of springs into like this monster, but yeah, no, it's, 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 inter- yeah. And it's, I, I feel like, and all like the monsters are very clearly kind of related to sort of like what the, the characters like, I think in her, in turmoil or like issue in that episode sort of <laughs> end up being, I think like eventually, like I think in episode five, like the thing that comes out of Naoto is like so phallic. Yeah, yes. and yeah. like, yeah. I mean
0: that one. that's swing the bat, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean that whole episode was like, go for it, go for it, swing the bat.
1: <laughs> yeah, or no, the the one that um.
0: Or what? Yeah, what's the one after that one?
1: The the gun one.
0: Oh right! Oh right! right, right. right. The gunfight. Right.
1: Yeah, because like the the thing that comes out of it, it's also like a cowboy.
0: Right, right. <laughs> like
1: all these like different pistols and stuff, which is also like obviously yeah. like metaphor for him
0: fighting his dad oh my god him fighting right. his dad over the, over Haruka, girl. right?
1: Yeah. yeah yeah which is extremely uh freudian i
0: freudian. yeah that, totally totally and just his dad being this like com- competitor for him now like yeah it, and i thought his, it was interesting that his dad and his grandpa were just sort of these like do nothing hoarder men that like happened to own a bakery or something they were the, like very childish.
1: The dad was like sort of like this past his prime kind of cool guy mm-hmm. <laughs> who like I think he was like a he was like a big kind of subversive journalist at one point, but sort of
0: yeah,
1: just sort of hangs out and is like kind of weird and like lecherous and is like a is like a weird romantic combatant against Nauto for Haruko's affection. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: and just he's just like empty headed. Like I think um, Haruko, Haruko,
1: yeah, mm-hmm. she's just
0: like turns him into a clone at one point
1: yeah she creates like a robot of him and, oh, and yeah. kind of let's let's the real him like kind of fade away and
0: literally wither away in like a cabinet <laughs> yeah and he just went with it or something like that yeah so stuff like that where it's like uh, uh, i just want to call him naruto naoto naoto <laughs> sorry naoto just like doesn't have like manly figure in his life is part of it. So like this whole be- like yeah. coming into manhood sort of narrative that we're talking about, he like doesn't have that. He doesn't mm. have like a strong version of that to like yeah. jump off of. He's got his dad and his grandpa and like no yeah. women in this household.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. I was about to say there's no backstory of there being a Where's mother mom? Or, or anything like that. It's not really important for yeah. For well, this is an world. anime like, thing. It's an anime thing where. <laughs> Well, what is the anime thing then? Is it there's dead? always there's like no absent parents absent for parents some reason? Absent parents for for no bizarre and the or parents dead. are are also sometimes absent in convenient times so that their the adventure can happen, right? Yeah,
0: like yeah. in Spirited Away, that's a big thing.
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, if there's any like, if there's any sort of male figure in his life, it's his brother, and he's sort of totally kind of off screen the whole time, and you sort yeah. of you kind of get the sense that like that was probably the. The, major, the role model. The role model and the kind of major kind of masculine force in his life and then sort of disappears and sort of uh, that that kind of becomes displaced and he sort of doesn't know where to place it, I guess.
0: Yeah. But it's convenient for the story because it's yeah. like, oh, he's got to discover it on his own and mm-hmm. through all these like crazy experiences with these women. Yeah. <laughs> he figures it out one yeah. way or another. So, sorry, I got off track. We were talking about the No Fields, the N-O Fields. Yeah. And uh, he's got a powerful one, and that's what attracts Haruko to him.
1: Yeah, he has the ability to basically summon this pirate king out of it, I think.
0: She's trying yeah. to get the pirate king.
1: Yeah.
2: I was confused by that. What is the pirate? Is that related yeah, to shows the hand up. that shows up out of the ground, or is that, that that's- different? That's...
1: The Pirate That's King was the, the uh Adamisk, the Pirate King, he was like the big kind of bird looking figure that kind of shows up out of oh, his head. Okay. It's it's like
2: so it was another one of the creatures that shows up out of the moment of uh conflict, right? Yes. In each episode. <laughs> yeah. The
1: yeah. big red one. And and at the at the absolute climax of the show where he sort of uh kind of admits his his love for Haruko and then the the Pirate King kind of appears absorbs and absorbs yeah.
0: into him. Is that the part you're talking about? Yeah. He like absorbs him and then the Pirate King kind of fixes everything. He's just like super all powerful dude who can control the medical mechanica. Are they the aliens? Well I think
1: medical yeah. Well I think they I think that that structure is is just I think it's an alien structure that the people inside aren't really sure of what it is. Ah, mm-hmm. got it. That's yeah. that's kind of what I, I got from it.
0: So then the hand is like the alien thing, and
2: which is reaching out with the the stigmata, the, yeah. the <laughs> hole through the 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 hand, signifying the uh, the suffering of Christ. Or, and, <laughs> yeah, and so there's an, another layer of symbolism, which and is spirituality. all spirituality like lay, layered onto this spirituality. Well, spirituality comes in in a couple places in earlier on when Memori... Tries to summon Kanti as, oh, right, what was right. it, the god of of something?
0: Destruction or Destruction,
2: something. Destruction, yeah. So yeah. This, is, this is one of the moments where I think Haruko is absent for a while and they go and the the house is burning down and she's using, she's creating like this circle of fire to like ritualize this uh, this robotic figure which had come out of <laughs> Taku.
0: Yeah, Kanti. Well,
2: Taku isn't even like, that's just one of his names, right? He's at, his real name is... Uh, I think
1: it's his nickname. I think... Yeah, Naota. Naota. Oh, so it's just a nickname for Naota. Yeah.
2: Okay. <laughs> and then it comes out again. She does this thing again near the end of the series where she finds this little robot thing that she decides to call Taku and has to have it come around and start destroying some of the... Th- you, you're looking at me weird like you're confused. No, is no, it, no. I'm just remember remembering.
0: This, right? Yeah,
2: and then it ends up turning into this much larger monster that she can't control, right. and leads to one of the final battles of the 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 show.
1: Right. Yeah,
2: and so so she's caught up in this weird relationship to Taku is weird and kind of uh, awkward relationship to Taku in the same way that he is to her. And I was I was asking myself throughout all of this like, okay, is Taku really attracted to Haruko, or is this all a way of Kind of um, expressing his affection for, Mimori, right? the The girl with the short skirt and like kind of the the who's dressed up like the the, the stereotypical um, anime woman. Mamimi. Mamimi. God
0: damn it! It's hard.
2: Mamimi. Yes. Yeah.
0: Mamimi. Well, you
2: you get what I'm 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 trying to understand better the 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 role of mechanical things in this whole. This whole dynamic where the mechanical things which are always popping out of uh the humans, yeah it's always in in every episode there's there's the moment of battle between the creature that comes out of the like one of the characters mm-hmm. and which happens in a moment when one of them has to admit that they broke the rules somehow, like for Nero Mori, it was when they have this argument over the play. Right, and she admits, and or Taku is the one who has these cat ears, mm-hmm. and then when he accuses her of manipulating the rules and saying you were the one who broke the rules so that you could get the main play and you, yeah. you deceived everyone, and then suddenly he doesn't have the ears and she does, and then she transforms into this, <laughs> like has this weird experience like of this creature coming out of her that they have to battle
0: i thought it was more like the it was just like the heightened emotions kind of brings out the the no field or whatever yeah like i I, like i was thinking that too like what is the impetus for like all these things actually exploding out of the forehead or whatever Mm -hmm. and it just and it's always the iron always releases a bunch of steam too yeah so there's like there's like that kind of connection between this like weird alien th- spaceship. And
2: <laughs> I guess I'm reading a lot of the show as a, an allegory of uh, or some kind of representation of kids fighting against institutions. because I feel like the all of the scenes that they're, they're always against this backdrop of schools, hospitals, Um, bridges like infrastructure and things like stoplights are really prominent and we see cars, we see kind of like, um, abandoned lots. We see uh, a little bit of like the skyline. We see a river, we see like urban rivers going through this. We hardly ever see adults except for the, uh, the, the teacher, the father, the grandfather, and the people inside of this, um, Mr. Eyebrows, this, yeah, inside the giant ironing board, which iron, which is, um, called the medical mechanic, something yep. like that, yep, right. And so, I, I thought that was very, I don't know if this is an anime trope or whether this is something unique to this story about how absent a lot of the, the world is to them and that they're, they're always in, in the backdrop of this, uh, a lot of constraining um uh environments right hmm. and so I, I because of that i think i read this story as sort of uh have, having a lot to do with um ways of transgressing rules and how like the, you're you're it's fantasized and romanticized into this uh this inner battle between uh where haruko is like kind of a a figure from from the outer space which has to come in and kind of uh release a lot of these passions right hmm. i don't know
1: yeah no i think it's definitely like i, I think what what my reading has been too or it's like yeah the, the show sort of i i think it's now to sort of you know realizing sort of like the constraints that like all the adults are sort of placing on him in his in his life and sort of what it means to kind of go against that and kind of break that it's it's i feel like this is totally like stupid or whatever but like I I kind of I kind of had that in my head too after we watched uh, Die Hard, <laughs> which is also sort of yeah. similarly like institutions are bad or or against like the the human spirit. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's like all these all these different sort of shadow organizations, and then just sort of like you know the the kind of outline of these different organizations are kind of uh, I, I guess sort of in conflict with like the kids, and then specifically now toes like the show happens. Yeah.
0: I love when you watch like a bunch of random stuff, and that's like, it's like they're like all a weird weirdly connection. connected, <laughs> weirdly yeah. related. Now it's yeah. like uh, yeah. Maggie Smith was in all of those movies. <laughs> that's weird.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I I don't know if this is a um, this is sort of an anime thing where schools are obviously very important places. I mean, I I know very little about anime, but that's something that I've noticed is like there's a lot this, of plots, are a lot in of schools. settings around schools, but there always have to be settings where they're they're just spaces where the like adventures and conflict can play out yeah right
1: i think uh i think in japan a lot of a lot of japanese people see school as sort of like the last kind of place for freedom before sort of going into like the workforce where like they're they're really kind of yeah i mean there's like the like the the japanese like salary man kind of idea where it's like you sort of work at the same company the rest of your life and and that kind of thing so you know I, i think a lot of a lot of Japanese media, is sort of around like the kind of like the school experience, or you know, the one of the last times where you sort of you know you're afforded some kind of freedom and you're kind of able to meet like different people and you know do that sort of thing. So it's 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 definitely sort of like a a kind of constant center point in a lot of this anime, just because like you know on on some I think unconscious level, it kind of strikes that when you know, I, I think people are watching it or it's, it's sort of like that, uh, it's, it's that kind of battlefield for a lot of these emotions to play out for people.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And I guess like, I don't know, like I think everyone to some extent too probably, I don't know, I was reading that Dazed and Confused uh, oral history and, you know, someone, they're, they're talking a lot about like how, you know, Link Ladder is, is a very like kind of like unnostalgic person in his day to day who's like really good at sort of creating like these ideas of nostalgia and and everything and something someone someone said something someone said in the book was that uh it's it for a lot of people it's uh you spend the rest of your life trying to explain the first 18 years of it where you know it's like you're trying to you're trying to play out like all these sort of different things that happened to you in high school and that kind of thing and so yeah
0: did you feel a lot of pressure in high school to, like, people saying, like, oh, this is the best years of your life or, like, oh, college is the best years of your life, so don't waste it?
2: Sort of. I heard that a lot and never believed it, right? Really? Yeah. I always, we always laughed at it. I remember they were saying, these are the best years of your life. Like, this is it. It's all downhill from here. <laughs> downhill. And, yeah, kinda, I mean, I guess it kind of makes sense. Like, you you look back and you try to make sense of your the same person. You're, you're looking at the same person but in a different psychological stage of development, yeah. right? Yeah. And I don't know. I, well, maybe here's a question for you. So is the Haruko character someone who is decisive for putting all of this action and this, this all these different forms of representation into play in the story? Is it, does it make sense that this should be a character who is totally out there and be kind of like a, an alien creature, Right. And as a way for everything else to kind of tie together, right? What did you think of that uh, uh, figure as a character? Is that something kind of unique? Was this cliche? Okay. Like, what did you guys think?
0: Well, one thing that I read that sort of, it was like something that they left out, but mm-hmm. it, it's still kind of in there, is, uh, you know, like her shackle would like shake when like something would start mm-hmm. happening. And she, and it was. It's never explained like why she has this little shackle thing on her. It's... I looked it up and it's because uh so she's constantly trying to chase Adams 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 yeah. because she loves him. Mm. So it's like if she's like the constant she's like the the woman gold standard or whatever that like Nauto eventually comes to be really fond of and and learn to love or whatever like her she's constantly chasing this this next level thing. See? but it, it, the shackle is because they were chained up together like she was
2: oh okay i missed either that either
0: she was it wasn't in there It was like she, either she was his prisoner or some, or vice versa
2: <laughs> Wait, so where did you where did you read this then uh, i was i
0: like... was reading the wiki <laughs> oh so there's
2: a like a background to this like a, they were like we considered
0: putting it in but
2: oh but sorry. we
0: didn't end up putting it in that okay. that their little backstory. but they left in that her little shackle shakes Whenever he's like, that kind of makes sense,
2: yeah. Because she says that Taku is like the next best thing to. to So
0: Taku's like, she's obsessed with him because he's the the gateway for this really powerful being that she's in love with. It's actually Mm -hmm. kind of sad if you think about it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. In in what sense?
0: Because she doesn't really care for him. I think she does learn to care for him a little bit, but she does. leave at the end because she's she's chasing her
1: well I think I think all the white knight <laughs> I think all the women are sort of I think he's having I'm always sort of uh I feel like every time I every every time I watch it I sort of have a different read on like what sort of the relationship actually looks like in the sense that you know it seems like most of the characters are having like some sort of real feeling to him but at the same time they're also there is also some sort of like transactional element to it, you know, where I, I think that, I mean, with like Mamimi, it's like, I feel like with his brother gone, she's still trying to have someone to like care for her or, or to mm-hmm. care about her, her or sort of have something to like have some sort of emotional connection to because I always get the feeling like, you know, whatever the hell's happening in her home life is pretty fucked up. You know, Nina Mori's like, she's sort of living out like this, like, uh, this this kind of fantasy, like you know, sort of setting, like being like a puppet master for a relationship between them, and then Haruko is like most overtly trying to literally use him for you know this this portal thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it is it's it's less uh it's it's definitely like less like kind of sweeter relationship, I think. After after every time I watch it, I think
0: yeah, it's just like they're they're all chasing something kind of like unattainable, like. Yeah. She's chasing this like pirate king. Uh, He's chasing her. And Mamimi is chasing his brother that's gone, basically. Mm. Right. He's like, she's obsessed with his brother who's got an American girlfriend. Like, he's not coming back. (laughs) Doesn't
2: even show up in the show. No,
0: no, he's like, (laughs) he's
2: gone. (laughs) Yeah. So here's another question for you What is Fuli Coolie? Like, Does't matter what it doesn't matter the gold, the golden quest yeah is it, is it just sex is it is it just a like a just a way of saying like it's fooling around taboo
1: I think yeah, I think it's an abstract representation of like uh like passion or that kind of w- the the thing you're chasing right and I think for all the all the characters it's like a very sexual base or whatever
2: right yeah, yeah.
0: it's like the unspoken. What do you think it is, David?
2: <laughs> well, I, I noticed something. I mean, this is kind of a fun fact, really, than anything useful, but I, was, I noticed at some point they, they say fully coolie, and then sometimes they say fully cooly. Yeah. And then there's another point where they say it to the, um, the opera music in, I think, the play or something. Okay. It goes... Like, funiculi, Funiculi, but it's it's funiculi with an N, right? Funiculi, funicula is the original. I'm trying to Google it to see, like, does it have any special meaning? What does that mean? It's just opera music, and it comes from a Neapolitan song about commemorating the opening of the first funicular railway on Mount Vesuvius, and it's, like, a folk song that's then... Was adapted and plagiarized and um, like reformulated into all these different all these different forms since. It's just like a like a melody, right? Yeah. So it's like a, it's it's a way of, it's very playful, right? Funico-y. it's It's like
0: doesn't mean anything.
2: It kind of doesn't mean any. I, I not I don't know. I mean, the word funicular is just like a, um like a <laughs> railway. to the top of a mountain, but mountains don't really play a role in this. So no. I, I don't think it's it's symbolic in any way. But I think it's. I think it's kind of interesting that they they may have taken that as the the root of, fuuikuli. Well, isn't fuuikuli
0: Isn't uh, isn't fu- in Japanese like there's no L's in it? So like, where so do the L's the, come the from?
1: N... I'm not sure.
0: Okay, well I, I think in in Japan it was fuuikudi like with yeah. R's. So it's okay. and they probably just changed it for the American audience or whatever. To oh, fubi, is that kubi. right?
2: Okay. Because I noticed that it's in the title itself, it's only FLCL, so I'm not I'm not sure if they uh what it is in Japanese. But anyway, I, I was kind of curious about that. I
0: because, think it's like nonsense. Like it's, it's nonsense, like, yeah. It's like doesn't mean anything really.
2: Well I think it's I mean There's it kind a of line fits in... the show. I mean, this is a lot of it's it's kind of just one humor humorous thing after another. Like every shot has something humorous about it. And to the point where we have this these uh everything is exaggerated all the all the gestures all the all the emotions are exaggerated and all the even the like the the styles of animation uh can't be consistent right it has to be different in every scene and that's and i think it actually <laughs> accentuated some of these moments where um there are characters who are represented in kind of a normal way like um Nima Mori like the girl with the the glasses and doing the play She's actually represented in a very consistent way in terms of her style of, of gestures and her, mm-hmm. her animation mm-hmm. up until the point where she has this moment of, like, transformation. Yeah. And but normally with like all the other characters it's like they can't sit still. It's like everything is like the father who every every moment is kind of going crazy. In a different or style. In a different, you know, you can't just like yeah. sit still and have a normal conversation.
0: I gotta say we gotta talk yeah. about two more two different things. Yeah. They the animation style, like the when they turn into the manga for like a bit and oh, then yeah. and then they reference yeah. it later, it they're like again. They're they like, break the fourth nobody, wall a little nobody bit. Nobody liked when we did the manga. <laughs> Yeah, And they like take the slides away. And then we took it
2: away and <laughs> yeah, everyone criticized us it. as being yeah. too, too conventional. Too safe.
0: Too, too conventional,
2: safe. <laughs> too conventional yeah. yeah.
0: But the other thing I want to talk about is the music.
1: Oh yeah, the music uh, is yeah. fantastic.
0: Is a, it's a choice.
2: I feel like I recognize that song that, that is the theme, the the I mean the rock music theme, right?
0: Yeah, so the all of the music is made by this band. And it's kind of strange because the pillows... I don't know if they did all the music. I think they did. So it's like, mm-hmm. it's like very strange to have like a, a dialogue scene going and like this kind of mellow rock song playing in the background. Yeah. Like that's pretty rare yeah. in, in, as far as like other anime go, to you David, mm-hmm. <laughs> since you haven't watched a lot. It. So yeah. it's like there's always like background music but you don't think about it. I feel like the music in The music this- is
1: like, I mean music is so present in the show
0: it's rebellious Spe- yeah
1: specifically like you know rock and roll with like the the guitar is sort of present i mean like a like a flying like a gibson flying v sort of comes out of his head right now said which is like kind of like the like a very iconic looking like like heavy metal guitar and then you have like yeah then you have like all this like kind of rock music happening in the background it's like this mm-hmm. very and i mean i think like the the further seasons of the show are called FLCL Progressive and FLCL Alternative, oh. uh, which is kind of funny. <laughs> I wonder okay. if the
0: background music is progressive and alternative.
1: Yeah, I think <laughs> it's. I think it's still the same band, but oh, okay, that's cool. Yeah, no, like it's it's all uh, it's all very cool. Mm-hmm. Like it's it, all very. Just, it I just I don't fits, think, like the scenes really well.
0: Yeah, and I don't think I've watched an anime since this that's done that type of style where they put like a song as the the background music
1: yeah it's very Very strange i mean i feel like it really fits like the sort of overall vibe or kind of tenor of the show where it's like you know this this kid you're you're a teenager you're listening to rock music by yourself late at night Mm. right and talking to your friends (laughs) talking to your friends or whatever and it has like this kind of specific vibe and i feel like what you know the, the the band sort of hones in on that kind of uh whatever that that kind of unspoken type of rock music it is you know sort of reminds me of like weezer or something like that yeah mm-hmm. you know i think i think it's kind of it's it's like it seems like the the style of music that the band plays is like very kind of intentional and is very kind of i don't know fits in with like the sort of the character and the voice of the show
0: hmm. yeah so here's the big question david <laughs> Did you like it?
1: <laughs> I did like
2: it, yeah. Oh, and then I okay. I think that it, because I, I think it, a sort of anime where it wasn't going over the top for its own sake, but it was actually going, if it went over the top, it was either like pretty funny <laughs> or it was somehow serving the... Um, the the action of the that is trying to represent so I was a little bit kind of turned off by how a lot of the episodes followed a similar dynamic where it was ending up with uh, a kind of really over the top conflict between some monster and everything is just really really hyper exaggerated mm-hmm. and then you know that sort of stuff that I, I maybe I'm too old to follow that or like <laughs> latch onto that and it did that several times I th- I was really Felt like I was always surprised by this anime, and that I there was nothing that was seemed to me like being a, a cliche, like a cliche that I expect from anime. So I felt like this is definitely something I would recommend someone to check out if they're if they're into anime, like if they're open to anime or open to these uh, these types of roles and or these types of characters, right?
0: Would Would you have watched it if we didn't make you watch it?
2: I would, yeah. I mean, would I would I've watched like come upon this on my own? No, I wouldn't have. But if someone if told I, me like this said, was good, hey, I would definitely watch it. Yeah. Watch
0: *Fooly Cooly*? You'd look at it and go, it, yeah. "I would watch this." All I'd right. look
2: at it and be like, "Oh, this looks." I mean, look, I'm looking at the cover, and the cover is <laughs> um, Haruko, who is in in front of a Vespa. She's <laughs> kneeling down, doing a kind of rock pose, and looking very seductively. at <laughs> I don't know if it's seductively, it's like um, almost menacingly too, half menacingly, half seductively at the the viewer. And I look at him like, oh my god, like this is this is like weird anime, and that's that's <laughs> yeah. this, this is the weird side of anime. But it wasn't. I mean, here's the here's the thing. It's like it was weird. It was kind of science fictiony, but yeah. it was all in the real world, and it was all the re- characters are all reflecting on how things are happening that are weird are actually weird. Like this is oh, it's not normal that this is happening. Why is it that we live in this town that seems to be totally cut off from the rest of Japan, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like it never, it's never set up to um, to just be goofy for its own sake, right?
1: Yeah, it's yeah. all, um, it feels like the, whatever story like the the writers were trying to tell, it felt like a very kind of, like a, like a personal thing and like they didn't want to kind of Like they clearly have a sense of humor and they they sort of have a sense of style and they wanted, Mm -hmm. they definitely wanted to kind of show that to some extent, but I never got like, it never sort of runs in conflict with, you know, trying to tell the story about like the characters or, you know, trying to get you to like care about them. It's all sort of, it's, it's almost, it's kind of like a dare almost where it's like how, how kind of, how insane can we kind of make this story go? You know, in the sense of like, you know, the characters end up in like gunfights or, you know, like insane baseball matches and, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And, you know, they, they allow it to kind of go to like these strange places, but all sort of in service of like a gunfight sort of being representative of like, a, you know, a conflict between like and against his father or, you know, sort of trying to take a chance in, in the sense of like trying to hit a ball or something like that. And it's all very it's it's
0: take a risk
1: yeah it's all <laughs> yeah. it's all it's all like kind of
0: or do the deed <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it's 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 like a it's it's a weird it feels a lot realer than a lot of anime you know in the sense of how kind of i think personal every kind of episode is or, or or sort of how kind of defined the the human stakes are and that kind of thing as opposed to just you know making it just endless monster battles or whatever
0: i like i like things that are open to interpretation
1: yeah. Yeah,
2: for sure. And that's how I felt too, you know, it's even though I I stuck very strongly to my interpretation. I think it, you know, and I think it was reinforced also by this uh the guy with the thick eyebrows which we, we <laughs> talked about a little bit who's from within the Iron and who comes out to try to warn Taku not to follow Haruko but and Taku eventually turns against him but because he's kind of there are several points where he's kind of emasculated by losing his thick eyebrows, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> which I yeah. think it was great. That was, I mean, that was very. His, his this seaweed, seemed very original to me, right? Seaweed eyebrows. Yeah, I mean, like well, it's like what? And then Taku also has those for a little while, right? Yeah, he has them for, <laughs> which I thought was really great because it's like I, I wouldn't have expected that, but then it's like it's not just random. It's actually, you know, it fits into a certain um, way of interpreting. Um, the story, and it leaves open different ways for people to to, to find associations with it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great, you
0: know? For me, the eyebrows are all about presenting some semblance of masculinity.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. I I thought so too, yeah.
0: It's like wearing a toupee, but eyebrows.
1: (laughs) Right.
2: Yeah, and he's, I mean, well, he's also, there are also some clear moments where he has his own phallic moment, but it's not, clearly not, up to Taku's level of height, <laughs> yeah. if we can put it that way.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, it's so good. Yeah.
1: Which is like kind of like a. I, I feel like the relationship with the the eyebrow guy is sort of maybe kind of an indirect kind of riff off of like the Shinji Gendo relationship and even mm. Galleon to some extent, <laughs> where it's like they're sort of unpacking like the the weird, mysterious, masculine government figure that gendo kind of was and kind of poking fun at it or sort of showing like kind of how hollow it is beneath it
0: he, he's got some powerful eyebrows too
1: yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so it's, it's sort of, they they seem like they seem kind of connected in that sense yeah yeah so but what
2: do you guys think you asked me my my opinion on it did you did you like this do you uh um comparing it to all the other stuff that you've watched you know, do you I
0: don't think I finished this when I watched it before. Yeah. <laughs> so i i definitely I definitely liked it. It, uh, it is one of the ones where I think when I first started watching it, I was like, "I don't know what's happening. I'm confused. I'm gonna stop."
1: Yeah. Hmm.
2: That's interesting because I mean, this time we were definitely like, focused in on it.
0: Sometimes I feel like you have got to power through that that feeling. Yeah. To understand what's happening, but. Sometimes if you're just like, I don't know, lazy or like tired or whatever, you like don't, you don't. <laughs> but generally speaking, I did like it a lot better this time that I watched it. Mm-hmm. And I think I picked up on more of the the coming of age story.
1: The sauce happening beneath the, the surface.
0: Yeah. Plus it's like, I do kind of feel like if you don't watch, if you don't have any reference for anime, you kind of don't know. What to make of the the supernatural mech stuff happening? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you read that immediately as I had a
2: lot of hard hard time trying to understand the mechanical role in this. Yeah,
0: you're like, what's going? Like, because to you it's like, oh, it's like a Star Trek episode. Like, we got to figure out why the aliens are coming. Yeah, not like thinking of it as like a metaphor for something else or or
1: you know, right? It's like it's... you're
0: like, what's the mystery?
1: Right. It's like if this. It's like, it's like an image used so frequently in anime that you sort of associate it just like with like anime weirdness or and so like, you know, if they're trying to do something with like that robot character, it's like you you kind of have to take a second to sort of examine it as opposed to just sort of accepting it just mm-hmm. like the Because I, I, I still kind of. No idea. I have some like ideas as to like, you oh. know, what, what Conti sort of means mm-hmm. in a bigger sense, but like I'm, I'm still sort of, it's still kind of a mystery to me. After all this time, yeah, exactly. I'm sure, there's a YouTube video. <laughs> like
2: interpreting everything. Interpreting I mean, every the only thing I can make sense is that it's somehow li- like the servant of everyone, right? Right. Hmm. But I don't know how. It's what's hard is how to make sense of its how it ties into the main themes of this uh, this show, which had a lot to do with um, coming of age and mm-hmm. sexuality and uh, rebellion and things like that. And how it actually is birth fits into this, since it comes out of a particular moment of uh, the show where Haruko and Taku clash, right? Right. So
0: the, the only th- oh, go ahead.
1: I think I think it's sort of I feel like Kanti is sort of like this figure of like, and this is just like the the most like basic like bonehead viewings of like these sort of energies or whatever. But he's sort of like the like the domesticated uh, masculinity to some extent. And that's sort of, I feel like he's like this weird kind of avatar of masculinity through the show, sort of reflecting some of like Naoto's, uh kind of personality traits and, you know, in certain aspects, in certain episodes of the show, he sort of, where he becomes like Adamisk, he's like this, like, you know, very like kind of like fiery and passionate thing, sort of like when Nauto sort of goes into like self-belief or something like that. And it's this kind of This weird sort of mirror to all that I think, but I think he has like a, a, like a, a strange mirroring relationship to now to both like the sense of they're both kind of avatars or portals to Adamisk. And then Mm -hmm. also like with their relationships to masculinity and some, and to some extent.
0: Well, that's way more interesting than what I was going to say, I think.
1: What were you going to say? I,
0: I, the thing that
1: I... He's also like just like a funny robot. He's a funny yeah. robot. But
0: I, and you know you know, I love a funny robot. The thing that I was thinking is there's this weird... Like, I don't really... The thing that doesn't make sense in my theory is that it doesn't make sense that he's like a servant or like a clean... Like a housekeeper or whatever. But to me, there's like this weird moment where uh, Mamini is playing a video game and she's like hey it's like happening in real life like she's like burning down villages in her game Mm. and then there's like all these moments where they're like they're like oh the schools that got burned down nobody knows why or this got burned down nobody knows why and Conti's like showing up there turning into an angel and he's got his halo and for me for me it's just like it's like this weird um, like relationship to media or something like that where like the things the things that we think exist, like, kind of do exist to us, because it's like, why is he a TV? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And what's his relationship to the like burned down? And why is he turning into an angel? Or is she just imagining he's an angel? You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, and then then why is he a servant too? Is he just a servant to Harumi?
1: He's mm-hmm. A servant Haruka? to a lot of people. Shit. Like...
0: <laughs>
2: It's like he's servant to haruko but then he was also servant to the the, the family I think maybe by extension to the family since she's working as a uh, like a um, care what is it like a caretaker like for a housekeeper yeah yeah, yeah housekeeper right. yeah yeah I mean I, I just find it it's interesting that it's it's kind of bridges the role between the the servant and like the the environment and the more fluid side of the story which is the uh the the passion and the conflict and the romance and things like that right right? yeah and that it's 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 a weird it's a weird way of bridging that gap in a sense in this character but i don't know i
0: I wonder if it's just like tv's a character in your life (laughs) like period
1: (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah i could see that Yeah,
0: something like that yeah what else
2: why so you, maybe maybe you... I can I can put another oh. question to you since we have asked why uh, why you all like it or not or what you like or dislike. But um, to phrase it in the the title of your podcast, oh, why do people? Just, you're like... just
0: taking over the show at this point, Damn. huh?
2: Oh, okay. You're just am, like, am I, I'm sorry, just I forget that I'm a them. guest. I was about to I was, I
0: was, about, to, I was to. about to do my line. And do it. Here do you it. are. You take... do it. No, 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 no. You, you take take the line, David. Go ahead.
2: You do it every time. Do you fight? Don't.
0: Do you fight right now?
2: Are we gonna break your record? Or this has of been me? Uh, because I've never heard John ask it. Oh yeah. Maybe he can do it.
1: No, I think I think no. uh, I, I've David, go
0: ahead. I, I
2: must have asked it. Why do people like Foolie
0: Coolie? Foolie Coolie.
1: <laughs> I mean, I think it's it's just uh, this is probably like the first kind of out there anime a lot of people have ever seen, I would imagine. at least in America sorta of given it being on Adult Swim. I mean, I can I can certainly speak for myself in saying that, you know, and I, I think I've, I might have mentioned it before, but like, you know, seeing this on Adult Swim late at night, it felt like a different world, mm. you know, it was mm. just so different than, you know, Gundam and Pokemon and, and whatever you else have like happening on the daytime. And it's, it's just such a, it's such a charged thing with like all this, this energy and this attitude and like this different. Kind of level of, of narrative than I think a lot of um a lot of other anime, especially you know the the things that are kind of broadcast in America have that you know I I think it's it was it's hard not to immediately kind of be entranced by it or or immediately really like it on a level that you know this other stuff maybe you know it, it kind of mm. you know we've we've seen Inuasha and that kind of stuff and you know it's it's cool and everything but like I feel like it it sort of. It kind of blends together to some extent, where it's like action anime about male character and and you know school stuff, et cetera, et cetera. And this is about this is so ba- this is like so based in like kind of day to day reality, aside from like the alien stuff. And it's like so about being a kid and kind of growing up and and being an adult and sort of going through like that shift in your life and in a way that you know even if you're like a kid watching and you can't really pick you can't pick up on that consciously, like unconsciously you're still sort of, that's probably what you're connecting to, or at least sort of realizing on some level where it's like, you know, this, this character is kind of, you know, learning to be a man or, or mm. learning to sort of be in relationships with other other people and kind of growing into that. And, you know, I think it's a, I mean, it's like, you know, it's, that's certainly the, one of the prototypical kind of stories I think we all love and everything. So it's, it's a very, and it's all told in a really, uh, I think, offbeat and way different way than i i think like any any media really like there's it's such a specific thing i think to this anime and i think you know like i i mean i I'm, I, I think like the staff went on to do other stuff sort of similar but still kind of with their own energy like kill a kill and, and that kind of thing you know but i i think it's uh I, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's, I would imagine, you know, f- like myself, this is probably like the first, like, kind of anime like this that was so, uh, kind of energetic in this way, I think. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I think people like Foolie Cooly* because it's like, it's like Neon Genesis, but short and funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. It being six episodes also.
2: I was going to say that too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm going to bring back
0: the six episode format. I, said, I, yeah. I don't,
1: I can't think of any other anime that's six episodes. It's What's a, a mo- full story, too. Yeah, and like. it's
2: like, it, I think if it was much longer, it would start to feel redundant. Do you feel? Yeah. Because yeah. there are things that I noticed were repetitive, but because of the sh- whole show series was this long, I think it didn't really, it didn't bother me as much as it w- it would have. Because I think it's it's meant to be taken Kind of binged at once, almost. Right. right.
0: There's so many anime that we've watched that we were like, we could cut like half of those episodes yeah. out and yeah. It well, you and mentioned like several that,
2: that you didn't even finish, right? Because of the that. one. That we well, didn't okay, finish. but I'm sure there are others which you wouldn't even be able to partially finish because they're so long.
0: It's just like you, you think about like capitalism and stuff, and like why <laughs> these animes are like 30 yeah. episodes, and you're like, okay, yeah. like Inuyasha is a thousand episodes or whatever because. People will keep watching it. I think mean, I, I after got episode. I got to
1: see this in a movie theater, like really? in, in one sitting. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Man. Like at Nighthawk.
2: Oh, I was about cool. to say that's this. Cool. This story would have fit well as a standalone movie. I think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: But like, nobody's gonna sell a six-episode show to somebody like nowadays.
1: Yeah, you need.
2: What if it was a pilot somehow, where's the cash
0: or, flow? Yeah.
1: I guess. This is a Netflix show. That's like maybe that's sort of like a standardized like They're eight all... to ten episode hour long format they don't have
0: to be an hour long yeah but I don't know sometimes it's like it's like in photography we talk all a lot about size sometimes like if you sell like a 30 or like a 60 by 80 print you're gonna get more than you get for like a 8 by 10 Mm -hmm. right but like what if it's supposed to be small you know like can you not value it higher as an 8 by 10
2: yeah I mean the economics of the medium influences the form and the content right
0: yeah. Now we're getting into it. Yeah. <laughs> well, David <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, thanks for joining us. I, I I really liked your analysis of it. I, I Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for your I,
0: thoughtful and insightful PhD level <laughs> an anime analysis.
2: I really appreciate you guys inviting me on the show and I hope that I can come back sometime and maybe I'll do like what do you call it? The 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 shout out, the uh Oh where, soapbox? You the want a soap soapbox? Box. Yeah. Well, if you're you If you welcome. give me a heads up on which one it is, I can I can let you know. I've only, I've all seen. Right. Uh,
0: What's your favorite anime?
2: I've seen part of Ghost in the Shell. I'd like to see the whole. Th- I have the, actually have the DVD set up in my room. Can Maybe I could watch it sometime. We can do an right. episode on that. I'm down
1: for that. Yeah. All right. I think that would be a really good one. All right, all right, yeah. all
2: right. Yeah, we, could, we could try to do that again, yeah.
0: Well, we're going to keep watching anime and we're going to keep you in touch because you're my brother.
2: (laughs) We're going to keep you in the family. (laughs) Please do not expel me or dishonor me. Thank
0: you for watching Cooley with us and uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, everybody.
2: Happy New Year, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Happy everything.
0: Happy everything, everybody. Happy
1: anime. And happy anime. Drive safe. Drive safe. See ya.